Who knows what Jay-Z, J.K. Rowling, Bill Gates and Oprah Winfrey all have in common? Okay, I will tell you then. They have all overcome failure in one shape or form to go on to gain success in their respective careers. Welcome to My Perfect Failure. Join us as we delve into the world of our perfect failures. We will interview, explore, and discuss how our perfect failures can lead us to success. Join us and tune in. Welcome, everybody, to another fantastic episode of My Perfect Failure. Today, I've got another wonderful guest for you. So today's guest, he's the CEO of People Building Inc. and the powerhouse behind What Are You Made Of podcast, which is fantastic. Definitely going to be talking about that today. He's a performance coach, author, dynamic public speaker, successful podcast host, visionary, thought leader. He has been featured by Yahoo Finance as one of the top business leaders to follow in 2020. And he's on a mission to build people. He's driven to inspire others, and he measures his success on how he is able to help others achieve greatness. A fire was lit within him at an early age. The fire has ignited him with a fierce desire to compel people to see greatness inside themselves, using past life events to fuel their fire. So a warm welcome to my perfect failure, Mike C. Rock. How are you, Mike? Doing great, Paul. Thanks so much for having me. I always start every interview that I'm on with gratitude. And I really want to thank you from my heart for allowing me to come on and share. It's really humbling experience to be able to do this. So thank you. Well, thank you. It's always nice to meet amazing people and to be really excited about the experience. And I'm really excited to speak to you because I was saying to you just before we we started recording that what you're doing really taps into why I'm doing my podcast and why people, I hope, listen to my podcast because I love the idea of rocket fuel. And I love the idea that you know how to rocket fuel people using their past life events as fuel. I think that's phenomenal. If you think about that, if you if you reverse engineer that using past experiences to rocket fuel your events or your future, I just find that mind-blowing. So I definitely want to tap into that. Yes. And you've obviously got a book coming out soon, which I guess it's on pre-order. We can get into that a little bit. I'm going to purchase that just out of interest because who doesn't want to rocket fuel their life? <laughs> who doesn't want to do that in 2020? Who doesn't want to rocket fuel their life? Okay. So I'm going to stop talking. So maybe you, Mike, can tell us a little bit about who Mike is. Yeah, Paul. So I, uh, I'm a guy that does a lot of things, but the problem that I solve is I teach people how to overcome setbacks, remove all obstacles and become unstoppable and indestructible. And just at my heart, I'm a people builder. Um, you know, but I do a lot of things. I mean, I have a mortgage company, a home loan company that I, uh, I run a division of 40, 40 employees. Um, and I wrote a book. I'm writing another one right after that. So I guess I'm an author now, <laughs> a podcast host, like you said, and you know, I'm all about connecting people as well. Uh, mm. I've been doing a lot of connecting people lately and it's a great feeling to connect great human beings with each other. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, I'm on a, basically I'm on a mission just to build people, man. Yeah. No, I find that phenomenal. And particularly now, because we're obviously going through uh, challenging times. One thing I wanted to ask, actually, because you do a lot, I thought about this as I was researching you. There's a whole heap of things that you do. You're, you, know, you mentioned you're a podcast host, entrepreneur, motivational speaker. You've got a division in, in mortgage um, and real estate. So there's a lot going on there. Accountability coach. How do you fit all that in? Write books. Sorry, did I say write well, books? Author. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing. So first and foremost, people need to understand that the time that you have available, time's a commodity, right? Time is mm-hmm. valuable. And, uh, you know, I don't just work off of my time. I, what I do is I buy time from people. Okay. So when you, when you build a business and you're doing it by yourself, you can only get to a certain, certain uh, limit, certain uh, level. But once you start hiring people and buying time from people, then you add time. So if you hire one person, now you have 40 more hours that week of work okay. hours. And they, and then you just keep doing that and multiplying that. And then exponentially, you can accomplish so much more. Okay. So you know, with all the stuff that I do, Paul, is not me doing it. I'm just okay. a visionary and you know, the leader of it. But really, I have an army. <laughs> and okay. so gotcha. that's, that's, that's how we accomplish it. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Under, I understand the maths now. Get the equation. Yeah, and I just make it. I just make it look like it's me. <laughs> My team does. <laughs> Which so I'm learning. I'm learning. Um, so I, I guess from that perspective, getting the right people for you that must be quite important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think that when you meet people and you look to do anything with anyone, it's important to paint the picture, a clear picture of what your dream life and dream mm. goals are. And yeah. then find out what theirs are as well and make sure they align with each other. Okay. And if okay. you do that, that's the proper way to do it. Uh, you, you become very hard to stop. Yeah. If you have conflict and there's not alignment with people's goals, with, mm. with the team's goals or your goals, that's when problems arise and uh, communication suffers and you don't get very far. So yeah. that's one thing I really focus on and making sure the people that I work with and, ha- and that I'm around all the time are encouraging me for my dream. And for me to be able to align with them so that I can help them accomplish their dream. Yeah. Wonderful. Do you have, because I always think it's important to, I think you've spoke about it before. I've, I've watched and listened to some of your podcasts, which are, which are brilliant, by the way. Um, Thank you. Accountability and pushing people. So is, does that exist within your business where you've got, you can coach people that they can hit different levels and people will have yeah. that type of yin and yang? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we're target oriented. You know, we have a mission to accomplish things. Yeah. That's our mission. And so, you know, we watch, you know, anything in life. I think it's important to watch your graph uh, and making sure that your graph is always going up. My job is to make sure the graph keeps going up Mm. and that graph. And what I'm talking about could be production. It could be on anything. You know, I really believe that you need to watch things in your life. It could be your relationships. It could be your, your health, your graphs need to be going up on a positive slope. And if they're not, then there's a problem. And that's my job to keep them, you know, going upwards. So absolutely. And I okay. coach the, I coach the heck out of my team. <laughs> okay. Which is great to have that because that's yeah. a blessing to have somebody that actually, cause if you, that means you care yeah. about the business yeah. and them. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and you know, if I help them achieve their goals and what they want to, then, then I'm going to achieve mine. So yeah, yeah absolutely. It all, starts, it all starts with giving. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So again, researching you, it was wonderful to, to dig into you and research about you and sort of stuff you're, you're doing. One thing I was curious to know, so you're very giving person and people listen to this already will get that picture that, you know, there's a lot of giving that you do to help people achieve things. When did that mission start for you? When did that sort of mission happen where you thought, you know what, I just want to help people achieve. Well, I think, uh, you know, going back ways, you know, when I was three or four years old, my mom always imprinted in my mind that I was going to be a leader and inspire people. Um, she used to say that all the time before I even knew what that meant. 
And so from there, everything that I did after that, thoughts, actions, words, all generally led to assisting people and helping people. And then growing up, I was around a lot of broken people, you know, um, a lot of alcoholics, drug addicts. Um, my grandmother committed suicide, who I was very close with. Um, she had some mental issues. And, you know, I was always trying to help people and fix people that yeah. were around me all the time. So, you know, I think that that was just part of it. I, I never wanted to accept that things were the way they were. And, you know, that carried over into when my, you know, my parents, like growing up, I, I don't remember my parents ever together, uh, grew up in a broken home. I uh, lived with my mom for zero to eight. And then from there, I moved into my dad with his new wife when I was eight to 11. And during that time, a lot of conflict was going on. Yeah. A lot of child support conflict, custody conflicts, uh, other family not getting along. And mm. it just carried over onto me a lot. And, you know, I dealt with a lot of physical, not physical, uh, psychological and mental abuse Yeah. and um, emotional abuse. And, you know, I, I decided after three years that I'd had enough. I wasn't going to stay in that environment. And I was wise enough, thank God, at that age to know that it wasn't conducive to happiness. And so my dad, by the way, was my hero. He had a masonry business. He laid brick and block and poured mm. concrete and he was very successful. And I always looked up to him. He, he had rough hands, yeah. big forearms, and yeah. he always carried a wad of $100 bills in his <laughs> with a rubber band around it. And I always used to look up to him for that, yeah. you know, and it's my hero. And, uh, you know, when he found out that I wanted to move back with my mom, he got served court papers one day for custody. And I came home from school and he said, Hey, go to your room. And I, I sat in my room for probably five minutes, but it felt like five hours. Let mm. me tell you. And I waited for my hero to come back and confront me about this. And I, uh, I, I just remember my mom telling me that, hey, if I follow these court papers, you need to be stubborn. You need to stick to your guns. Yeah. Like when you believe in something in life, you need to stick to your guns because people are going to try to talk you yeah. out of it Yeah. for their own agenda or because they have to justify their position in life that they gave up and they're not where they want to be. So there's going to be times where people do that. You need to stick to your guns. So being stubborn, Paul. Stubborn has a negative connotation often. And I think, you know, stubborn, being stubborn is the right thing to be as long as it's on the right thing, you know? And, and, um, so I remember when he confronted me and I, and I said, you know what, I, I'm not going to listen to this. I'm going to just not debate it. It's going to be is what it is. And he said, you know, they don't have it that well at your mom's house. Why, why do you want to live there? Like they don't have any money. You got it made here. Hmm. He didn't cover any of the bad stuff that was happening. You know, he was just talking about the, yeah, the money yeah. part of it. And he, and I, I said, no, it's not up for discussion. So he said, okay, well, that's the case. And he takes that wad of hundred dollar bills out, peels one off, crumples it up and throws it at me and says, here, you're going to need this when you're living on the streets with your mother one day. And I'm thinking to myself, remember I was stubborn. Yeah. And my mom told me I was going to be a leader and inspire people. So I thought to myself, first of all, no, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to need that. You're not going to create my his my, 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 my uh, future. I'm not, I'm not letting you do that. And second, I thought to myself, you know, there's got to be other people in this situation because I thought I was in an ordinary situation. I didn't, man, I didn't know that parents stayed together. Mm. You know? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I, I thought, you know what? I'm going to be able to help people that went through this thing, like people that have been given up on by their hero or mm. somebody that I'm going to show them somehow, which ended up being just being a role model at first, that you can do this, go through something like this, and it's okay. You can survive it. Mm. So I did that. I made that decision and I just was trying to be the best at everything I could be. 30 years go by and I look back one day when I turned 40 something and I said, you know what? I got to analyze this. Something's like, what, what am I feeding off of? What am I driving off of every day? 
And so what I found was is that I was converting anything that would come in my way of me accomplishing what I wanted to accomplish. I wouldn't let it stop me. One, I didn't just remove it. Two, I converted it into fuel to elevate me. Oh, wow. Wow. That's amazing. And so I didn't, I didn't know this exact thing. I just knew I was feeding off something. So now I bottled that and I have to share it with people because it's so powerful and it can change lives. And the thing about this, Paul, is not the things that stop you that in life, the things that stop you aren't not the, uh, they're not the encouraging people. It's not the wins and successes you have. It's all the other negative toxic stuff. Mm -hmm. And just like rocket fuel is toxic. You wouldn't want to taste it, touch it, smell it. It's probably disgusting. Yeah. It'd probably burn its way through a container. Yeah. Just like those things are toxic. However, if you store it in your tank instead of your trunk, then you can convert it into fuel and elevate yourself to to levels you never thought were were possible. Yeah, that's incredible. I wasn't. I didn't know I was going to get that when I asked that question. Um, how old were you when this? I was eleven. Eleven. I find that incredible because cognitively, at that age, we're still developing. You know, we're children. So for you to be able to digest all the stuff that was going on, listen to your mum and listen to your dad and make the decisions that you made is, is incredible and make that. But then I guess throughout your life, as you've got older, you've been replicating those moments and, and making really great decisions, not just for you, but for other people. Yeah. Conflict, conflict makes something out of you. You know, when you have conflict in your life, you have problems in your life and you attack them and solve them. It makes you a powerful being. Yeah. And that's what happened. I dealt with a lot of that stuff when I was younger and, you know, I matured fast from it and I became pretty, pretty well suited with armor. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just, I just remember always, I, I was a very aware kid. I was very observant. And I think I learned a lot from, from doing that and being around some of that. And, you know, look back, I don't regret any of it. I don't, I don't hold anything against my dad. I don't, it is what it is. And, and to this day, I'm glad he offered that challenge to me because I don't know where I would be if he didn't challenge yeah. me like that. Yeah, absolutely. Because you might not be doing the amazing stuff that you're doing now. Again, what I, I find interesting, and this goes not just from a child, but even from an adult, there's lessons to be learned from this. I'm learning lessons from it because when you're hit with those sort of, I guess, um, questions, the fact that as a child that you made you made those decisions and it's impacted you the way the way it has in your life that you're very positive and not negative because there was a lot of challenges in those early days for you to come out on the side that you've come out on is because there are, I'm sure there are lots of people that haven't maybe their challenges have been a lot less and they've not come out on the side that you've come out on so I, I just find that really in inspiring. And and let's just clarify though, like I know I could have had it worse. I mean, I didn't have it as worse as some people, as yeah. bad as some people, you know. And um, you know, I talked to a guy, I met him, friends with him now, but we just met a couple of weeks ago, and uh, uh, he grew up in a an orphanage in Poland. Yeah. And you know, I had at least I had parents, and you know, so he had it. Where and he's a great kid, and he's very very successful and talented, and you know, so I think that these adversities really can shape people, and now they also can hurt people, and and people sometimes choose the wrong road. I think my path was made clear because I had support. Once that happened, I had support from my stepfather, George, my mom, and my, my extended family. And thank God I was put on the right track to, to channel that, that rocket fuel, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. As I was, uh, again, doing some, some reading and stuff on, you, was on, on your website, again, 
compliments the, the website is very engaging great website you. but you mentioned something on there so mike me- you measure your success on how you're able to help your clients achieve their greatness that's a really reassuring thing to, to read because you're you, you know you're setting up a significant bar so could you just talk a little bit around that yeah i mean i think a leader's job is to make other people's success easier and I got that from John Maxwell. I don't know if you're familiar with John Maxwell, the leadership guru, but he 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 said that you know that's what a leader's job is to do. Yeah. So if you're not creating an easier route for success or making others' success easier, then you're not really leading. And so that's what it matters to me. And I, I you know I know people have see I believe in a creator and and that that put me and everybody here on this planet. Now and, and the thing is is that some people don't believe what I believe, and that's okay. But that doesn't make my belief not extend out to every single person. Mm. And so I believe that we're put here with certain blessings and potential, or if you want to call it that. I don't, I don't know the limitations of it. And so my job, I look at my mission is to really, really reach for all the blessings and all the potential that I was given so that uh, you know, I can find out what it is. Because I don't think any of us know what we're capable of. Yeah. And so I want to encourage people, first of all, to understand that that's an unlimited possibility. Now, I can't dunk a basketball on a 10-foot basketball rim because I'm five foot seven, mm-hmm. okay, without a trampoline. I just don't have that physical ability. I'm limited physically. Yeah. Spiritually and mentally, I don't think I have any limitations. And I want everybody else to understand that they don't either so that we can see really where, where our potential lies, where our blessings. You know, if, if you're blessed with something, you know, you got to prove it to other people to show that. To, to honor your creator and to acknowledge that you are thankful for what you have and you want more of it. And also you want to spread and sprinkle those blessings all around other people. Yeah. And so that's the way I view it. Yeah. No, but I, I love that because, you know, I think very often people don't even challenge themselves because there's a fear of doing something that's difficult because failure is possibly there you're sort of get, getting people to appreciate actually that, you know, if you have belief, you can achieve some fairly significant things. Yeah. Failure is already there. If you don't start, you already failed. Yeah. You know? So I, I really express that to people like, dude, if you don't do something, you failed already. So why, why aren't you going to do it and, and do something like that's not even, so I, I don't believe in fear of failure because how can you be fearful not do something because you're fear of fearful mm-hmm. failure, but when you don't do something, you've already failed. That doesn't, I can't comprehend that. You know, and yeah. a lot of people talk about the fear of failure. It's like, uh, I don't know. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I think that, I think those people, Paul, are, I think they're very confused. I do as well. When you, you're working with your clients who you're helping to rocket fuel themselves, well, what stage are they at? Are, they, are these people that, that are searching or these people that, that you're, because, because I guess everyone comes at a different level. I'm just trying to gauge yeah. what stages people coming at. And because obviously you want people that potentially have an idea about something they want to achieve, or there might be a hankering somewhere where they haven't achieved whatever their ultimate is. Yeah. I work with all different pe- levels of people. I mean, I have one gentleman now that's very successful in his career, in his industry, and he just wants to take it up and throw rocket fuel on it. So we want, yeah. he wants to go higher and, yeah. and others that would be looking at him would think, man, this guy's really successful. He doesn't you know, have much room for growth, but he doesn't think that way. And neither do I. So 
Uh, I have another client that's got a business right now, but it's losing money. And, you know, he wants to, he wants to fix that obviously, but also he doesn't, he doesn't like, he doesn't know how to get the culture right in this company and, or get rid of the people that aren't going to fit in and things like that. So I work with culture and building, building culture and companies. And then I have people that are just lost, man. And they're, and they're suffering. Mm-hmm. And it's really all it is, is just lack of clarity and uh, basically getting the data right in their head, the belief yeah. system right in their head to eliminate ca- chaos and confusion. And once they get that, man, it's, it's like a uh, awakening happens. Yeah. And it's, it's just, a, it's so interesting to watch uh, when people do that, then they start to build confidence. And when you get confidence and courage, man, and you mix that with action and clarity of your goal and mission, there's nothing like it. Yeah. It must be incredible for you to get somebody at the beginning to you as like a blank canvas. And then you have your conversations and you work with them and then you see the evolutions. That must be, that must be nuts. Yeah, it is. I mean, a lot of times the answer to me seems so simple and because of all the chaos that's going on in people's minds sometimes in their daily lives and their families and their businesses mm. and all this, they just can't see the simpleness. They yeah. can't see the just the easiest thing. Yeah. And sometimes to me, I wonder, I'm like, man, do they, they know, they got to know this, right? But they just, they may know it, but they just can't see it. And, uh, you know, it just makes it so, so fun to really clarify things for people and then watch them realize it. Uh, yeah, I, I get a kick out of it, man. It's something I fuel off of too. Yeah. And um, I can't totally get it because when you're in it, sometimes things just become a little bit tangled and for the life of you, you just cannot find a way to untangle it. And then you can get somebody like yourself can come in and just untangle it and just give you that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, here's the thing, man. You know, if you have chaos ensuing, the best thing to do, and I, I practice this and it's helped me big time, is grab on to one thing. Yeah. And when you grab on to the one thing, which is called a stable datum, one piece of something, everything else comes into check. I mean, it just gets rid of the chaos. Yeah. So when people are just scrambling all over the place, they don't know what to do. They don't know what to grab onto. And they just feel like there's chaos in their life. If they would just grab onto the one thing, let's say they're having troubles personally with things relationships and their health and their diet and everything else. If they just grab one thing, all right, let me get my, let me get gratitude, right? When I first wake up in the morning, let me be thankful and not complaining. Mm-hmm. Let me just really focus on that, on that, dial it in. They'll find that all the other stuff starts to fall into place yeah. when they thought that it, they had to deal with everything. You yeah. really just have to deal some, most of the time, with just one thing. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's very interesting because, because even for me, I, I tend to group things together. Yeah. When you group things together, it just, you know, this procrastination happens because I'm just saying, well, what do, what should I focus on first? Yeah. Because I've got, you know, there's four or five things that are on, that are on the agenda. Yeah. What's the one thing that'll make everything else easier? Yeah. You know, what's the hardest thing? Knock that out. Um, you know, I just, I'm an, I'm an attack mode all the time, man. I'm like, you know, I want to get things done as fast as possible. I want to get it done right, but I want to get it done as fast as possible because, you know, I value my time and also I respect and value others time. And if I'm owed something to someone and I need to do it, it is my duty to get it to them as fast as possible so that they can jump on it. And, yeah. and, and that's, that's a respect thing I think as well. 
Yeah, I feel your energy. So your your energy, although this is a virtual interaction, the energy is um, radiating through. Through. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. No, you're you're welcome. So, can we talk a little bit about your forthcoming book? Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, Rocket Fuel. It's so awesomely named. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was going to name it something different, but then when I got into with my publisher, we were talking, and you know, they agreed that you know, Rocket Fuel is a powerful punch like that. That it's just more punchy, and you know, I talk about it all the time, so it makes sense to, to do that. So basically, this this book is written uh, talking about some of the things I went through in my life, some anecdotes that really relate to understanding how this rocket fuel concept came into play and what the rocket fuel concept is and how to practice it and, and really grasp the concept to implement it into your life. Because once you do, you know, Paul, like I said, if you, if you remove all the things that are stopping you and not only just remove them, but convert them into fuel, you become unstoppable and indestructible. And so that's what I want to make people. So the book self, the subtitle is convert setbacks, become unstoppable. And, you know, I also got someone on board with me, Grant Cardone. I don't know if you're familiar with Grant Cardone, yeah, yeah. the 10X movement guy. He, uh, he agreed to write the forward for me. So we got a nice forward in there and talking about how, what rocket fuel means to him and what it's meant to him in his life and his career. And uh, that, I thought that was very powerful as well. Yeah, absolutely. I did see the connection with Grant on there. So, so most people will be familiar with all the wonderful work that he's done and doing. So that's a great collaboration between you guys. And I'm guessing the book would be for anybody because we all we've all got challenges of sorts or dreams that we want to execute. So regardless of what profession we're in, we can we can all use this to elevate ourselves. Absolutely. I mean, anybody that can read should read it. Yeah. It'll change people's lives once they get this concept if you could just imagine being able to accomplish whatever you want. Now, I am not saying that if you want to accomplish something it's going to happen overnight. That's not the point of this. Yeah, absolutely. The point is to understand that if you want something and you can believe it in your mind that it can happen, you will make it happen as long as you don't stop. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I'm just so excited to get this in people's hands, man. Yeah. It's like, absolutely. I wish February would hurry up and get here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is, it, is it like a formula? Yeah, you could say that. So if you understand when you're in an adversity or close to an adversity, the closer in proximity you are to an adversity, the harder it is to understand this concept. Mm. This is a proactive thing. You need to be preparing yourself that anything that comes in your way in the future that you're going to be able to handle this, to be able to convert. And so there's preparation that, that takes place. And you know when you prepare yourself and go through the formula of the preparation, that you'll be able to you'll be able to handle this. Now, when you're in the in the adversity, it's very hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. You have very little hope when you're close in proximity to an adversity. So it's very hard for people to understand and grasp this concept when they're currently in it because mm. their minds they're not thinking clearly. Yeah. So it, that's why it's so important to do it proactively. If you look back at your life, Paul, all mm. the bad stuff that you perceived as bad stuff that happened to you or stupid things that you may have done in your life, which I'm not accusing you of anything like that. <laughs> I've got a couple load of those. <laughs> but, but if you look back at all that stuff, every single one of them had some opportunity that came out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so if we already know that, when we look back at the stuff that we've already done, why would we pause in paralysis in the future? If we have something that happens, now, I'm not yeah. telling you that you don't need to grieve somebody's a loss of someone, mm. but I, the, the last thing you want to do is pause in 
and get stuck because something bad happens and have a woe is me attitude and try to figure out, oh, why did that happen to me? And instead looking mm-hmm. and switching it right away as soon as it happens and say, oh, this is what C-Rock's talking about. Uh, wh- what's the opportunity in this? Yeah. Let's find the opportunity fast instead yeah. of waiting to see it down the road. So, yeah. So when something negative happens to you, maybe a setback or something, you you can use the principles of this book to switch it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it's a lot more, a lot more simple than people think. Um, you know, you gotta, it's like a muscle. You gotta work it. Yeah. You know, I, I gotta practice what I preach. So when it happens to me, I'm still shocked every time I figure it out. Like when something bad happens, I, I just, I just had a guy uh, basically come down to just under a hundred thousand dollars was stole stolen um, yeah. from, and you know, I'm thinking to myself before when I was way younger, I would have been miserable and in the dumps and wanting to go after the guy and this all, you know, when this happened this time, I'm like, listen, I did a video on this. Actually, it's on a, I think it's on my YouTube channel, but you know, what's good's going to come from this, you know, watch the elevation that's going to happen from this. Watch that me and everybody that's associated with me is going to get a big lift from this happening. And we just acknowledge that right away. And then we start looking for the opportunities that are going to come from that. Yeah, and we've already seen it. This happened only a few months ago. We already seen the lift that we've gotten. <laughs> so, really, it's all mindset and belief. And yeah. you know, a hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money to some people. But to me, like I'm, I, and also what goes into this, Paul, is thinking bigger. Yeah, like I'm thinking about hundreds of millions of dollars. I'm not thinking about a thousand, ten, or hundred thousand dollars. That's not when you start thinking bigger. The things that you thought were bigger before become a non-issue. Yeah. And so that helps as well. Okay. So we need to get this book out ASAP. Rocket Fuel, we need this because it's motivating me just <laughs> listen to you talk about it. And something that we spoke about before we started recording was the pandemic. The pandemic's been very real for everybody globally. We all can identify with just a change in our lives. The fact that we can't be as free to move around. And I guess for a lot of us, business has been affected so your book is timely for that. Do you have any advice for people that may be, you know, mentally challenged by, I, I guess what I mean by mentally, they've maybe given up, a li- they've lost a little bit of hope and they don't know how to yeah. fix things. There's an old saying my mentor Grant taught me was that the market will punish the unprepared. Okay. The market will always punish the unprepared. Mm. So those that are suffering most from COVID right now are the ones that were unprepared. Yeah. I mean, that's, it, it's harsh, but it is what it is. Um, I can look at every scenario and think to myself that every single person in business that suffered from, from this just was not prepared, was relying on one flow of income, maybe was yeah. relying on one source of business, just wasn't prepared. And when that happens, you will get punished. It's a, it's a law that that'll happen. So to me, I had the best year of my life. I don't think 2020 was a bad year. I think that every year, and then somebody might say, well, C-Rock, I mean, people died. C-Rock, people lost their businesses. That happens every year, Paul. This is just happens to be exasperated because we haven't seen anything like this before, or it was the media, or it was the election in the United States, or it could have been numerous things. If you go back to 2018 and 2017, I'm sure if you focused on all the negative stuff that happened that year and it got as much press coverage, we would be talking about the same thing or maybe even worse than 2020. So it's all a matter of focus and a lack of preparation. 
And so, you know, when I, when I talk about this, this is something that people that are currently in this adversity are going to have a very hard time seeing what I'm talking about here. The further they get away from this, as this dies off and they get further into their future, they're going to be able to realize this, this concept works and they'll be understanding the implementation of it right now. Those that are in close proximity to it, I don't expect them to get this. So yeah, and I, I get that. So there are lessons to be learned, focus, preparation, whatever business you're in. Yeah, 2008. 2008. You remember 2008 when the financial yeah. crisis hit, happened yeah. in the real estate market? Yeah. I was in the mortgage business. I observed right. things. I took journals. I journaled what politicians did. I watched what the media did. I watched what the industry did, the company, my employees that were around me. I watched all that and I kept notes of it so that when something like that happened again, that I would be prepared. And what we did when COVID happened, we were prepared. Soon as it started, I told my team, listen, guys, I don't know what this is. If it's real, fake, I don't know what it is. But we're just going to assume it's the worst thing in the world. And we're going to know that we cannot be successful doing the same things we're doing now. We're going to have to ramp everything up, our activity, our emotions, everything's got to go full tilt to what we're trying to do here. And then when we come out of this the other side, it's going to be the best year ever. We planted that in our brains ahead of time. Um, and I knew that no matter what happens, when things get tough, we have to have activity that goes through the roof. You cannot sit back in paralysis. You need to act as quickly as possible with as much massive action as possible. Yeah. And uh, that's what we did and, and it ended up working for us. But you know what? I know there's some people that can't do that. They may have to pivot. Whatever the case is, when you're relying on one thing, one of anything, it's a bad thing. Yeah, totally get it. I think for people listening, there's so much to take from what you said. You just, you have to ensure that you've got more revenue streams. You're not relying on one sole revenue stream and you focus and you prepare because we don't know what's going to happen in the future. There could be, yeah, you know, once we get over this, who knows what's going to happen in a couple of years time. Yeah. Except for wives. You, d- you definitely want to rely on one wife. Don't go, don't go multiple wives, but <laughs> any, <laughs> anything else, man. I mean, you really can't rely on one of anything with that. Look what, look what our creator God did for us. We have two eyes, yeah. we have two ears, yeah. we have two feet, we have two hands, two yeah. arms, we have a two uh, multiple fingers, toes, we have multiple of a lot of things. Um, and if you think about your body, when you have your heart, if your heart stops working, your one heart, you're done. Yeah, yeah. And so that's, that's very important and, and interest, interesting, introspective to look at of how your, even your body works. Why yeah. would you rely on one of anything? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm glad that you put the, the uh, wives in there, that caveat. In there. <laughs> Some people don't just rely on one wife, but that's, that's their story. <laughs> because there'd be people that are sort of, you know, they might've been about to text a, a, a second wife. So hopefully they stop now. Well, um, you know, Paul, funny story about this is back in the day, I was just listening to my son. He's in history class. Okay. Talking about history and there were bigger families back in the day. And, you know, ba- back in the day, children did not survive very long. Okay. So they had to have more kids and yeah. even husbands, wives would be lost in childbirth a lot. Over, so that okay. tended to have, you would see men with more than one wife because yeah. of that. Okay. So I, I never really put that two and two together until I just heard this history teacher talking to my son about that. And I'm like, that makes sense. <laughs> never rely on one of anything. <laughs> so even back then, they had more yeah. wives. Things have yeah. moved on a little, a little bit since then. <laughs> I wanted to get into your podcast. Um, you have some wonderful guests on there. You cover some really important, relevant um, subjects. So what was your motivation for putting that together? 
Um, well, you know, I had a, a, a guy named Pete Vargas who spoke on uh, 10X Growth Con stage, and I heard him speak, and he was talking about a story about his father. And this is before he got into his content or anything that he was marketing. Yeah. And it really hit me in my heart. And I'm like, wow, I have a story like that. Mm. And if it's, he shared his story and I was impacted, what if I shared my story? Yeah. You know, I thought I used to think that I didn't want to share my story. And people tend to, to vibe with this is that I thought it was ordinary. Why would anybody care about my story? Mm. Um, I'm embarrassed by it. Or, or the most important one, Paul, was I underestimated the power to inspire millions of people that my story had. Mm. And so when I saw Pete do that, I'm like, well, let me try it. So I went and I spoke to in front of a, a few people and they were inspired by the story. Yeah. Then I spoke in front of another few people, then 10 people. And then I'm thinking to myself, if I can inspire 10 people by telling 10 people the story, what if I spoke to 10 million people? Yeah. What would happen then? And so I just started to start the podcast and I called it, what are you made of? Because that's your story. What are you made of? Right. And the other thing is I encouraged other people to come on and share their stories of how they converted bad things in their life to their success today. And before you know it, I had a line of people wanting to come on. Like Mm. it was just a little overwhelming, actually. I would just say yes to everybody. Mm. (laughs) And I couldn't even get the episodes out fast enough. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was all about just sharing your story, what you're made of, man. Yeah. Because how many, because you record a lot of episodes, how regular does your content come out? Twice a week now. It was once a week. Um, I got so far behind. I had to start doing it twice a week. Yeah. And uh, I think, I don't even know how many episodes we've released now. I mean, I know I've recorded probably 200 in yeah. a year. Yeah. I've shared some of your episodes. Some of my friends, Thank they've you. thanked me. So you've got some newfound listeners in the UK. Thank you. <laughs> who are using it actually to help them in business and whatnot. So it's um, fantastic. We're getting towards the end now. So I guess what I was keen to ask for for people listening that want to rocket fuel themselves or just want to sort of start is what's the starting place to actually start that process well you need to really well after you read the book and then just really the best thing to do what i did with my mentor is i engaged with his content i immersed myself in the in his content Uh, we don't drink the kool-aid we swim in it yeah yeah (laughs) so so that's the first thing I did with my my mentor, somebody that I could relate to that had what I wanted or was where I wanted to be or had a concept that I wanted to understand is I just got around them as much as possible. Now, sometimes you cannot be close to that person, right? So I have people that, you know, watch my YouTube, watch the Instagram, watch, yeah. you know, the podcast, listen to the podcast, all that stuff. And, and then they get a sense of yeah. what's going on. Now, from there, if they want to engage further, then there's opportunities to do that. Like I did with my mentor, I start buying things from them. Hmm. and supporting them and uh, going to their their events and what have you. And that's what I'm going to be planning on doing as well is, is continuing that so that people can engage with me further beyond the book and the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. So if people can, you know, I'll put links and so forth, Instagram, YouTube, definitely for sure. People can find you. And by the way, Paul, the book uh, is available now uh, to be purchased pre-sale for, uh, before February, but now's the time to get it. Cause that way, when February comes, you have it. Yeah. And that's at Mike C rock with no K that's C R O C Mike C rock.com forward slash book. Fabulous. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to put that link on the show notes so people can access that when it comes out. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I, I guess what I was thinking as well, I think it's something, you know, people can read and read and read and read. It's not a one read because I think we want to immerse ourselves and let, everything become habit. Right. Right. And then, yep. and then it's just, Study it. and then it's just, uh, 
It's like getting in your car and driving your car or getting on a bike. You just know it like you know it. Mike, I've got a reoccurring question. So the reoccurring question is, if Mike is going to invite three inspirational people for dinner, who who would he invite? You know, I'm going to go um, one with Tiger Woods, the golfer. Yeah. And the reason for that is someone that got to the level of greatness that Tiger Woods did, knows how to do it, knows what it takes, had plenty of things that could have stopped him uh, from the color of his skin to his dad passing away to multiple of other things that we may not even have seen. Yeah. And then to publicly fall from grace, fall from, from the great ranks and then to still come back and do what he did with winning the masters and winning tournaments and coming back into, you know, it's just amazing. And, you know, I, I love stories like that. Um, and that, that just shows you how to convert setbacks into rocket fuel. Yeah. And, and he then, was written off so much by yeah, everybody. The, everybody wrote him off. But he used that, right? He converted yeah. all that. He's like, bring me more. Keep saying yeah. that. I'll show you. And I love that about him. And, and you know, the other one would be, um, you know, I, I'm really, I'm really, you know, political. I'm not really into politics a whole lot as far as sharing my thoughts and views and stuff. But, you know, two people that I admire the fact of that, how they accomplished things despite the circumstances was um, Barack Obama. Again, uh, being the first African-American president of the United States was, is, is amazing. Uh, and coming from where he came from yeah. and also Donald Trump yeah. um, or hate them. Both of those, those guys, I admire them. Um, and Donald Trump, just because when you're, when you're in life, the media controls everything, mm. they, they control the dialogue and the narrative and they control everything. Yeah. And when the media is against you and you still accomplish something like becoming president of the United States, even if it's one term. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. And so to me, it would be cool to get those three together. Um, I mean, I'm sure I could think of others, but that's who I'll say for now. Let's get this episode to them and see if we can make that happen. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> that would be great. And and maybe those guys would give a free copy of the book too. That might be the, uh, yeah, I, I have spoken to Tiger before, but I haven't spoken oh, really? to the presidents. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that, that, that's to happen because they would get some benefit from the book. So we'll, we'll see if that can happen. Mike, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Actually, I just wanted to Thank ask you one thing. How can the listeners, you, you potentially have already answered this, but how can listeners contact you, whether they want to collaborate with you or whether they want you as a coach or, you know, what's the best way for that to happen? Yeah. So Instagram is usually the best way. Instagram, um, I love answering my DMs. It's Mikey, M-I-K-E-Y-C-R-O-C, Mikey C-Rock. That's the best way to reach me. Okay. I don't care if I'm following you or not. You still DM me. I'll still respond. Okay. Fabulous. So I'll put all the relevant links, Instagram, et cetera, on the show notes. Mike, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for fitting me into you, your busy day. Thanks and thanks for the education because it's always good for me to learn and develop myself. And I'll let you know what I've learned from the book once I've read it. I'm looking forward to that. Thank you. I would look forward uh, to that feedback, Paul. Thank yeah. you. No, you you'll, you'll definitely get that. And thank you everybody to listening to My Perfect Failure. You can catch me at www.myperfectfailure.com. Twitter is failure underscore perfect. Insta's pads MPF. 
And please look out for future episodes of My Perfect Failure. Take care, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to My Perfect Failure podcast. Be sure to visit www.myperfectfailure.com to join the conversation. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Look out for our next episode.